Hey y'all, this is Byron. I uh, just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for everything, Issa. Of course. There's no way you want to get out there just by yourself. Nah, girl. For everything. Just for being you. Um, loving me while I was me. And, um, girl, I don't know where life is going to take us, but I just know that as long as you're around, I'm going to be okay. Good morning. It is a early morning edition of the Captain's Couch. I'm your host, Byron Taylor. It's early, and uh, I should have recorded this a couple days ago, but alas, it's cool. This is session number 88 of the Couch. This is actually an episode that I was supposed to do um, shortly after I came back from Denver, but in lieu of the ending of Insecure, it's actually a perfect time to do this episode. So, this episode, we will focus on recapping Molly's story in Season 5 of Insecure, and we'll also talk a little bit about weddings. Um, again, thanks to everybody for checking the pod out last week. Thank you for the warm welcome back, um, for the feedback. Um, this week, we're catching up on things. And our story in Season 5 of Insecure leaves off on a little bit of a cliffhanger from season four um molly and Issa had a kind of pretty fairly sizable falling out towards the end of season four molly also ends up getting broken up with by the homie andrew which you know what i i hate that he was not in season five like i would have liked to have seen molly and andrew reconcile and she get back with him um but you know, I definitely didn't expect to see what happened happen this season, but you know, it was pretty cool. So Molly and Issa get together at the Ethiopian spot at the end of season five, season four to try to talk through everything. Cause Molly's in kind of a low place. And it was a very interesting dynamic with that last season where Molly was the first one to reach out as opposed to Issa being the first one to reach out. So, we start off the season with the girls going back to Stanford, um, which actually enough is oddly enough is Issa Rae's uh, alma mater. 
and my big brother Tank Williams alma mater. What's up, big bro? Um, so they go back to Stanford for their ten year class reunion, and all of the shenanigans ensue. Um, Molly and Issa reconnect with another friend from college. Um, we find out that Kelly got killed, even though Kelly didn't get killed. <laughs> Tiffany and Derek are there just being married and enjoying the fact that they're away from their child. Um, and Molly and, and Issa have a very interesting conversation when they are there at Stanford asking, you know, kind of taking stock of where the relationship is and if they're okay or not okay. Um, I think Tiffany had one of the best lines, I think, in the show. No, it was it was uh it was actually no what Tiffany it was Kelly. Kelly had a great line on the show when her and Tiffany was kinda in a weird place and she was like, Yo, sometimes you gotta be fake back before you all the way back. So Molly and Issa kinda slowly started trying to be fake back with each other first before they really kinda got back in the groove of being back 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 for real with each other. Um and that all culminates when <laughs> Molly and Issa um, seemingly get held up at a convenience store when they're heading to a party in Oakland while they're up there in uh, in the Bay Area. Come to find out their homegirl from college and her boyfriend <laughs> ended up sticking them up. And of course, I think the lesson with that that we looked at with this this episode was that, you know, some friendships they do fall off for a reason. And I think, of course, Molly and Issa having this near-death experience, which turned into be turned into just sheer comedy because it was all a setup, is kind of telling to, yeah, my our friend was kind of shit. And unfortunately, it's not, well, not fortunately, but like now we see why we definitely fell out with her for real, for real. Because she would go to links like that, like held, holding us up and then like having her boyfriend jackass for our shit. And, damn girl took my shoes because <laughs> it was funny Issa was like you can have my shoes too it's like I don't want them old bubble ass shoes <laughs> that shit was funny um so the episode ends with uh with Issa and Molly in the car laughing hysterically about how each of them reacted when they got held up <laughs> which is something some bad which is a best friends ass shit right there like girl you look so scared like just got my face you were scared too <laughs> That's some best friend ass shit right there. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think we took an episode off from Molly where she wasn't in episode two because I think that focused on Lawrence and and Issa, and of course Issa breaking up with Lawrence. So we go a couple episodes later where Molly is kind of taking stock of herself and some of the lessons that it seemed like Molly's been in therapy still. That her and Dr. Rhonda have worked on, like Molly's high expectations, her high demands of what she needs and demands out of someone. So she kind of tells Issa, is like, girl, look, I'm not pressing, I'm not stressed. I'm just going to try to go with the flow of things. You know, what's out there for me is out there for me, and I'm going to find it, but I'm not going to be like hunting for it and demanding for it and pressing for it like I've been doing. Which Issa was like, all right, girl, whatever. Um, I think, yeah, this might have been the episode where no this wasn't quite that episode so molly actually has a lot of self-reflection going on and looks back at her dating profiles and kind of realizes from 
all the different demands that she had of the men in the past, whether that was the men that she went on dates on, whether that was what happened with Jadena, what happened with Renabay, with Jared, what happened with Andrew, you know, and how she constantly wanted to control the situations, especially with Andrew, with um, with Chris, which was Jadena. You know, he kind of played it was like, oh, well, it seemed like you needed a win, which he didn't really need to do. Um, but I think that was he kind of could read Molly's energy about Molly pressing so hard about like, you know, wanting a man, trying to find a man. And then, of course, with Renabay, she completely belittled that dude in a couple different ways, whether that was just with the, the conversation of like, yeah, I fooled with a dude once, but like, clearly I'm not by. It was just a one time thing and I didn't like it. And also with the whole he don't have a college degree. He don't he don't he works for for you know, um, enterprise, but he's got a good paying job. He does pretty well for himself, but you kind of belittle him because he doesn't meet a certain standard that you want or have for what you expect for a partner. Um, and of course with Andrew, it was everything in the situation had to constantly be her way. Um, I mean, Andrew did a great job when it come, when it came to dealing with his brother and that situation and putting his brother in check. But ultimately, Andrew got tired of Molly constantly wanting to be in control of the situation, whether it was just something as simple as food orders or what they ended up doing. It was all stuff that she wanted to do. So in the end, Andrew was like, yeah, I'm not doing this with you anymore. And um, we're breaking up. So it was actually nice for to see Molly kind of have all those flashbacks and have some self-reflection and then go back and just completely wipe her dating profile and start all the way over from the from the floor up. Um, and. You know, we find her going on a first date with somebody and her just saying, hey, just enjoy the moment. Just be in the moment. Don't press for the future. Just enjoy the moment. Just have fun, um, which then leads her to <laughs> to um, the the uh, the beach party that turned into the bar crawl with uh, Nathan and his friends at the barbershop and Molly, <laughs> Molly going like, hey, like all these all these dicks in the running until they eliminate themselves. Which I think it was the light skinned dude who Nathan was kind of cool with at the barbershop was the one that might have won in the end. Then we went to because uh, my dude, uh, I forgot that dude's name. It's the the bigger dark skinned dude was a comedian. I seen the videos on social media. Uh, oh, Derek, I think it's Derek. Uh, no, I can't remember his name. Damn, hang on. All right, comedian Ryan Davis was his name. So yeah, his his uh. His videos are always entitled "Who Is Ryan Davis," so <laughs> he goes bonkers because uh, they get to go check out a Jason Derulo uh, <laughs> house party, which I think I think Nathan had the had the inroads on, um, probably because of Andrew, but we don't see Andrew. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, like so they go to this Jason Derulo house party, and like dude is so ecstatic to go see Jason Derulo. <laughs> Um, and then we kind of see where Molly, or you know, Molly's kind of like, yeah, me and old boy gonna gonna go back to the house. We gonna we gonna you know smang a little bit. And then of course we get Nathan and and Issa kind of going on their own separate paths. With I'll get to I'll get to them later later on in the next few episodes. I'll probably talk about that from Nathan's perspective because it's more so about him than about about Issa. So um, next episode we get and i think it's a completely different dude molly uh offering him a uh a a, a ride um 
in a, so to speak. But it is halted by a very urgent message from Molly's brother. And it's about their mom and Molly's mom's in the hospital after having a stroke. And this this part, this episode is like a very pivotal, a very, very, very pivotal turning point in the in the show for for Molly and a lot of different reasons. For one, it like jump starts and re-solidifies her and Issa's relationship. But more importantly, it kind of teaches starts to begin to teach Molly a very valuable um, lesson about trying to control everything. So we see Molly scrambling and doing her best to try to make sure the doctors are completely on top of everything as far as her mom goes and asking for all the different tests and stuff like that. And the doctors are like, Hey, we have this under control. We will make sure your mom is okay. Um, well, Molly is also trying to manage her entire family all at the same time. And one by one, they're kind of telling her like, yo, Molly, it's going to be okay. You got to chill. Okay. You got to chill. Which eventually Molly does kind of relent a little bit about giving up control, but she also like tells Issa just how much she appreciates her. And of course, at the end of the episode, we see Molly just laying on her mom and hoping that her mom is okay and just kind of surrendering to the moment of I'm kind of powerless here, but I want my mom and. You know, I'm going to be here for her, but I know that there's and coming to the realization that there's only so much that she can do. We transition to the next episode and it is a work retreat that Molly's on. And Molly and Torian have a presentation that they have to give while they're at the work retreat for the partners. And we actually get to see a little bit of a different side of Molly at work. And so do her coworkers. Um they actually get to go out, have some fun, have some drinks. And of course, wild child Molly that we get to see when she's around Issa and the girls comes out and she's twerking and dancing and having a good time. And she wakes up the next morning. <laughs> she wakes up the next morning with Torian's watch and look like Skittles in her bed. Um, So she goes downstairs and she's like, hey, I found somebody's watch in the hallway I'll walk into my room and Tony's like, Oh yeah, that was my grandfather's. Can I get that back, please? Um, so they prepare and get ready to do their, their presentation at the work retreat. But Molly's distracted because her brother is blowing up her phone during the, the presentation. So Torian takes over and he kind of handles most of the presentation work. And we have a nice little scene with them afterwards where he's all like, all right, Carter, Molly, uh, Carter, you know, level with me. I'm out here carrying a team like I'm Jordan in the playoffs. Like you usually do not let me outshine you like this. What's going on with you? And she lets the walls down and tells him, look, my mom had a stroke and, you know, I'm just kind of worried about her. And that's what I'm thinking about. And my brother was blowing me up. and He didn't even want anything. And Torian actually opens up. It's like, you know, I went through something, you know, with, um, I think he lost one of his parents um, like a year or so before he had, he had somebody in the family that was, that was deathly ill. And he was like, you know, you can't talk to us about this. You know, we, we do want to be here for you. You know, we do genuinely actually kind of like you now. We didn't at first, we didn't see it for you at first, but you know, we've gotten to know you over the past year or so. We kind of like you now. Um, so 
fast forward a little bit in the episode and we see Molly in her hotel room um, getting ready to maybe go out again or just getting ready to just go in for the night. And she gets a FaceTime from her brother and her mom's waking up, woken up from her stroke. Um, apparently she couldn't talk just yet, but she was awake and waved to Molly and Molly was, you know, of course, cheerful and thankful that her mom was okay. Um, and no soon as she hangs up the phone, Torian shows up at the door. He's like, hey, I bought you a swag bag. Molly like leaps in his arms and hugs him because she's so, she's so overjoyed that her mom's okay. And they have this little moment and me watching the show was like, where the hell is this coming from? I did not see this kind of some type of like sexual tension between the two of them. What the hell's going on here? So they have a weird, awkward moment about, um, mugs. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I like Tori's like, I like mugs. You can put all kinds of stuff in it. You like pens and stuff like that. Coffee. It was so awkward and weird. It was like one of them Issa moments for sure. So the episode ends there with the two of them kind of having this weird kind of awkward moment. And we think it's not going to go anywhere until we see uh, Molly, Issa, and the girls having a, a very Wait in the Exhale-esque uh, party that night with uh, some libations and some herbal essences. Um, and the only thing that was missing was uh, sitting up in my room playing, but I think they substituted it with Green Light by John Legend instead. And we have all the themes of Wait in the Exhale. Uh, we have the, you know, the confessionals. We have the exes calling. Uh, <laughs> we have the drunken calling of the exes. Um, we have all of those things happen in the episode. So, of course, Molly presses Issa about her vase again. And, and uh, of course, Issa's like, I didn't break the vase. And Molly's like, just admit it, Issa, that you broke my damn vase. Um, we have Dro calling Molly on her phone, which I was not expecting. Um, like, what do you want, sir? Uh, but then we get the bombshell that Tiffany and Derek might be moving to Denver. And Kelly's like, why are you just now telling me this? Which, of course, Kelly's closer to Tiffany than everybody else is. And, you know, Tiffany, which I completely understood when she said it was like, if I had to admit it that I was moving, then it made it more real and I didn't want it to be more real. I completely understand that because I've been through that situation before where, you know, something bad or something that you're dreading is happening, but you don't want to admit it or you don't want to talk about it because it makes it seem more real. I've definitely been there before and I understood exactly where Tiffany's thought process was in that. So. We we have the the girls have the conversation of like, look, girl, we will figure out how to be with each other because, you know, Tiffany was like, you know, worried, what worried that if her and um her and Derek had another kid and she had another bout of postpartum depression, like what would happen? Who would be there for? Her? And of course, they're like, look, girl, we will be on the next red eye flight to get to you to make sure you're OK which was really, really sweet, you know, and that's definitely one of those things as you get older uh, with your friendships, you have to be real and you have to be real intentional with the people that you love because when you get older with your friendships, you have to sometimes make efforts to make sure that y'all spend time with each other because time and distance 
families, kids, jobs push y'all away from each other. You know, we don't see each other at school every day anymore. Sometimes we got to hop on a flight to go see each other. Sometimes we're six hours away and we got to go drive over there. Sometimes we're an hour away and our kid keeps putting get, keeps getting put in quarantine. So we have to figure out when we can see each other. But that's the thing about adult friendships is trying to navigate how to manage them. Thank God for video games. <sighs> so we see the everybody uh, also towards the end of the episode, Issa uh, grabs Molly's phone and is like, hey, you know, trying to figure out send uh shoot your shot at Torin about setting up another date or whatever. <laughs> and I was I was hoping that Issa would finish the line and she absolutely did when she hit that, you know, because I do a little bit different outside my work clothes. I was in the house party and I was like, yes. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Alicia Keys, and you, you, you know, you know the vibes, you know who you are. That that was great. Um, so we see Molly and Torian kind of have some kind of rapport going on. Um, and we get to the next episode, and Molly's mom's out of the hospital. Um, she has managed to get uh Kelly to help with setting her mom and dad's estate up. So that in the event of anything happening, you know, her Molly and her brothers are cool. So, um, of course, it still is like pulling teeth because Molly wants to try to control everything. But Molly decided, you know what? I'm going to let Tiffany handle this because this is what Tiffany does. And I'm going to just throw my hands up and say, you know what, girl, you got to help me out, please. And just kind of push him. She even let. Even though she tried to still push to try to get her parents to kind of be open about the financial situation, especially her dad, because her dad was like really self-conscious about um, the financial situation where she was like, you know, I had to borrow against he had to borrow against his uh, his 401k to pay for his wife's medical expenses, which he was like, you know, I worked 50 years and I'm kind of ashamed that I don't really have much left to show for it. But, you know. Molly like reassured her like you should you gave us love you gave us a, a, a sense of security and that's more than enough we'll figure out the rest um so even in this episode we see Molly try to exert some control but also she's understanding and learning a little bit more like with some of the stuff that Dr. Rhonda's taught her to kind of let go of the control a little bit more so she's kind of let my uh let Kelly kind of take the lead on it to get it done and then in the episode we see that it gets done but after dealing with her parents and kind of having to push them a little bit molly's exhausted she's supposed to go out to go to dinner with torian and he calls and he's like hey you know what kind of wine are we drinking tonight and she was like yo can we do this another time i'm really tired and he lets her know like hey you know you can talk to me if you need to and shout out to this man because I had never thought about doing this before, and this man sent this woman wings and wine, and I just wanted to clap my hands and applaud and say, sir, I feel seen. I feel heard. I appreciate you, sir. Well done. Um, and he sends a text of, hey, like, wings and wines make everything better. And that's what I kind of was like, you know what? I kind of could see it from a man, Torian. Shout out to you, sir. Um. So my man laying down the groundwork and I appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to think 
We might have missed an episode. I think the next episode, Molly wasn't really focused in it at all. I think it was more... Yeah, it was it was Issa and Nathan was the next episode. So the next time we really see Molly is the penultimate episode of the show. We see Molly and Torian going to um, Derek and Tiffany's going away party. Uh, which, man, that was... <laughs> that felt like um that felt like an experience I had last year that was really 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 fun. Um might want to do it again in the future. Um but uh Torian and Molly decided to do edibles at the party and all kind of craziness ensues. All the exes show up. Um Nathan's in his feelings. We'll get to that another time. Dro shows up. And shout out to Torian who handles the situation like the high champ that he is. <laughs> he's he's high as balls on this edible and Molly's kind of freaking out because Dro's there and she kind of explains it like, hey, this is Dro. Him and his wife had an open relationship and me and him kind of had a relationship at the time. And Torian's like, oh, hey, what's going on, dude? You want something to eat? <laughs> He was just, he was so high. He was, he was tripping balls. It was just like, this doesn't really phase me, which I mean, shout out to him. Like, like I, I feel like I think I would be okay in a situation, but you know, I think I love the way that he looked at it. it was like, yeah, but I'm with you now. So it don't really matter. And that leads to them being super high towards the end of the uh, party and smashing up a whole smashing a whole bunch of food in their mouths just oh, it was hilarious uh and eventually having sex in the the uh kitchen pantry um and of course Molly's like you know when things are kind of easy going it scares me because I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop um so he just tries to be reassuring towards her and you know they end up making out they end up having sex and then we get to the finale of the series. We see a few different jump cuts. Um, I think I actually missed this part, which was earlier, which was Molly like actually like congratulatingly hugged Torian like quite eagerly um, at the job whenever he got promoted to partner, and all the rest of the coworkers are like, "They fucking right." <laughs> um. Which, yeah, I think at that point, they no, they hadn't at that point. It wasn't until the uh, the going away party that they had had sex. Um, but it was definitely leading towards that. So we get to the, the finale, and the finale is done in a series of jump cuts. So the first time we see Molly, we see Molly going to um, Denver with Tiffany and everybody. Um, and Tiffany is actually miserable in denver and derek is mad that none of her none of his friends have actually made it made the trip to denver to come see him so he's frustrated by that um but in the end you know they resolve that okay well you know we're gonna come back i'm we're gonna come back to la for molly's birthday party well tiffany does so the next time we see him tiffany is there at molly's apartment for her birthday party, which we also see Tori in there with his parents and the ladies from 
the ladies from work and Torian's family's there along with Molly, uh, Tiffany and Issa. And of course, Molly and Issa have this really sweet moment about, you know, celebrating yourself and enjoying your birthday. Cause Molly is still being super subconscious Molly and wanting everything to be perfect. And Issa's like, girl, you look amazing. Go enjoy your birthday. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't, you already are fine and perfect. No matter what you wear, girl, go enjoy your day. So they celebrate, they have birthday, her and Torian kiss, and it's a beautiful moment. It's a really beautiful, wonderful moment. Um, we have another four, fast forward jump cut, and the girls are on vacation. And then we get the news where Molly gets the news that her mom died. Um, and that was heartbreaking for sure to see that, um, <clears throat> to that. And of course, the thing where everybody was speculating with the season was like, somebody's got to die. And I'm like, ooh, didn't, was hoping that it wasn't Molly's mom, but it ended up being Molly's mom. So Molly's mom's passed and we get another fast forward jump cut and it's Molly's birthday again. Um, and Molly's kind of sad that, you know, her mom's gone and she really misses her. Um, and come to find out at this point, this has been over a year. So at this point, Kelly now works at the firm with Molly doing, um, you know, a state doing a state law and stuff like that. So handling, handling those things. So we then get another jump cut from there after, after Molly celebrates her birthday. And out of nowhere, we're at Molly and Torian's wedding. And I was like, okay, at this point in the episode, I'm like, okay, I think this is Issa and Lawrence getting married. And then out of nowhere, no, actually, I didn't even think it was Issa and Lawrence. I thought it was Kelly getting married. And out of nowhere, nope, it's Molly getting married to Torian. And it is just gorgeous wedding. It almost looks like the place that Issa Rae actually got married at, like where she got married in real life. It looks like the same location to where her merit, her wedding was. But Molly and Torian get married. We have the moment of them dance, having their first dance. And, you know, then we have the moment of Molly dancing with her dad to the Osley brothers and Molly being tearful and, you know, I think it was a culmination of, you know, that father-daughter dance, but also it was the culmination of my mom's not here and that grief kind of hits you that I'm happy, but I'm sad that she's not here with me. So we have that moment and we jump cut again and we see Molly and Tori and are traveling there on their honeymoon and actually enjoying their life together. And that's where we were also at the wedding. We saw the clip. That is the intro for this episode where Molly thanks Issa for everything, which is absolutely crazy because usually it has kind of always been Issa that's like, you're my best friend, you're my best friend, like needing that support from Molly. But in the end, it is Molly showing the extreme gratitude of how thankful she has been for Issa to be by her side and be there for her for all these years. So i'm not gonna lie i cried at that scene and then i text rick and i told him how much i loved him um after that and how much i was thankful for him so completely understand i was right there with her on that shit for real um but then we see you know molly and torian kind of living happily ever after as the show ends so did we did i expect 
Molly end up getting married by the end of this season? Absolutely not. I figured it would have been Lawrence and Issa that would reconcile and get back together. But no, it's it's Molly who gets married. So a couple things we'll look at is why are weddings so damn emotional? And they're emotional for a few different reasons. So let's first look at why do the people who attend the weddings cry? Um, you know, people who are in the wedding, there's definitely reasons for for them to cry. So um, this is an article from InsideWeddings.com's. Weddings are emotional moments. They tend to bring them out, not just for the couple and not just for the immediate family, but for the guest. Um, we all know that one person that cries at the ceremony, even when they're just even when they're when they're just the plus one hmm hmm and they don't even know the lovebirds hmm hmm i wonder who would be a plus one to someone's wedding and would just cry because they, they it was just beautiful they didn't even know the bride and groom i wonder anyway uh, <laughs> i'm gonna get an angry text message later um Luckily, there's always tears of joy, though certain weddings where uh, certainly weddings are particularly tough on people that are going through a divorce or lost a loved one. Um, I don't know if anybody had gotten married around the time that I had my divorce, but that definitely would have been tough for sure. Um, I think the next wedding I went to was EJ's and that was actually a couple years after I got a divorce. So I was in a lot. I was a little bit better place at that point. Uh, But attending somebody's wedding can be emotional when you know the couple getting married but it's usually real but it is usually when it is relating to your own life that makes the tears flow um even if you don't normally cry at weddings now that you might be engaged yourself or something else is going on in your life don't be surprised if you start to well up at the vile exchange of a colleague so think about these are some common moments where people tend to cry at weddings so here are the common moments first thing first is the processional Music has a strong ability to manipulate our emotions. Ask anybody in film and television. Um, the right song will make you start crying as soon as the thing starts going. And the moment the bride enters will only drive the point home even more. Um, the song that they chose when Molly comes out, I've been jamming to that a lot because it's been very um reflective of my journey of of growing and healing in my life and it's a song called rose in the dark by chloe soul s-o-l um that kind of reflects on the growth that molly had as a person to grow a little bit more soft and okay being vulnerable to find love to find true love and I think that was a really, really, really dope song to to use for that moment. Next next moment is the groom's face. Um, if anybody's seen the movie Twenty Seven Can uh, Twenty Seven Candles Twenty Seven Dresses of uh, Sixteen Candles Twenty Seven Dresses, <laughs> know to check the groom's face or even the bride's face reaction whenever they start to walk down the aisle. Oh, that that woman Megan started crying the moment she she walked in, down the aisle. Just the moment she walked down, she saw my home. She saw her homie Mike, and then saw her, her husband Trevor, and the tears was flowing. I'm like, look at my friend, my friend crying. She's so beautiful. It's a great moment. It was so sweet. Um, and of course, a lot of people in the crowd started crying once Megan started crying, and Megan did a lot of crying. So shout out to Trevor for having the uh 
having the tissue and the tissue ready on deck. Shout out to you, good sir. Um, the vow exchange. Personal vows can especially get the tears flowing, particularly if you refer to hardships the sweethearts have overcome, such as health issues. However, these can be something powerful. There can be something powerful about hearing the traditional vows as well, particularly for religious individuals who find great meaning in the covenant. When anybody cries, whether it's the bride, the groom, any of the parents, the maid of honor, the best man, anybody starts crying, the other guests will continue to follow the train. It's like yawns. Crying is like yawning at a wedding. <laughs> this can occur um, during any of the above moments or even during the reception or at toast or the first dance or the father-daughter father dance or the mother-son dances. Any of these moments can cause somebody to start crying. And Lord Jesus, Megan was crying like... I think she cried, cried like four more times depending upon who it was she talked she talked to she didn't cry with me um thankfully because i probably would have just felt just would have just fell into mush at the moment but we had a very very sweet moment where we kind of talked about both our journeys to, to that moment um it was really 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 sweet um i love that woman she's been an amazing friend and a great niece to to Naur as well. I mean, a great aunt to Naur as well. Uh, we we love that woman dearly. Um, now, here's the thing about weddings. Weddings absolutely can be sweet, tender, generous moments. They can be wonderful moments for people, and they also can be kind of tough for people. So, here's some of the reasons why people react emotionally at weddings. This is from Psychology Today. Um, obviously, you know, somebody cries for a few different reasons, you know, obviously because of tears of joy, tears of sadness. Um, but people cry at weddings. We just do. And it's something we just covered. Right. So not everybody cries, but the mother of the bride will often cry. The father may very well feel sad, even though he doesn't cry. It is all very well said that that they are not losing a daughter they're gaining a son but the fact is they are kind of actually losing the daughter um the thing about it when marriage comes the couples become their prior their their primary loyalty and their priority over everything else parents have less say they see their married children less often um and then you know they have less influences in their in the lives of their children so it does become a sense of loss for parents when your child gets married um caring parents want their children to get married and have their own lives but it's not always an easy adjustment to make when your child gets married some parents struggle against these losses and behave badly one way or another so do siblings since they also experience a loss they may respond angrily to the loss even friends can misbehave at a wedding seemingly for little cause um be but really because the importance in their lives of a friend suddenly is a little bit diminished anger is a natural response to loss um just as natural as sadness is so weddings can actually have somewhat of an effect on making people a bit angry and i haven't seen well i mean my my wedding wasn't exactly the the best of of situations to say the least but there are definitely some some ways um, in which we see people kind of get upset or get very emotional outside of crying um, at weddings that can be very difficult for them. Um, so here are some scenarios, especially because 
weddings can become this very, very delicate balance of who gets to be in the wedding, who doesn't get to be in a wedding, what kind of friction that may cause, who's invited to the wedding, who's not invited to a wedding, and what kind of issues that might also cause too. So think of some scenarios like this, like one sibling, one out of five decides not to attend his, her brother's wedding because she was not consulted about the date. That can cause a sense of anger and sadness on both ends from the, the, the one getting married to the one who didn't get to go or decided not to go. A woman and her spouse chose not to attend the wedding of a friend because they received the invitation a week after other people received theirs, which is just kind of petty on that person's part. I mean, it might have been just delayed in the mail. A close relative doesn't attend the wedding because he's not allowed to wear his favorite jacket, which is stupid. But people aren't always smart. Um, a wedding will not attend because their children will not be will not be invited. Now, that is one that does often cause friction is like who's not allowed to come to the wedding. And sometimes if your kids are not allowed to come to the wedding that, you know, the people may choose not to go because they may not have any other options um, as far as child care. Um, a woman will not attend a wedding at all because she wasn't chosen to be in a bridal party. That's one that definitely ruffles some feathers for sure. Um there are endless wrangles because the groom side of the family has more guests than the bride side of the family. Oof. Mm. Oh, no, I did kind of go through that, actually. I did actually go through that. Mm. Quarrels between the mother and the bride, the mother and the bride and the mother-in-law and the, and the bride about everything you can think of. The dress, the flowers, the music, the food, the venue, the date, the guest list, who's responsible financially for the odds and ends. Is money everything to be spent too little too or too much? There, that also can just be a headache. During the wedding, the father of the groom, who has not been asked to take pictures, takes them nonetheless. A friend who has not been asked to not wear the same dress as the maid of honor wears the dress anyway. The mother of the bride innocently directs everyone away from the parking area. Someone spills their wine over the marriage contract. Someone who seemingly is not a close relative or to anyone starts crying hysterically and so on and so on. Weddings can be a mess. Um, they can just be just chaos at times. But, you know, ultimately, the point of a wedding is so that you enjoy the day and enjoy the, the start of, you know, your 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 holy matrimony. But emotions come into play. Some good, some not so good. But the point is, if you got issues, check it at the door. This is a day to celebrate. It's a day to have fun. We can get mad and argue later on down the road. Whew, I did a little bit of talking there today. Thank y'all for listening. Um, next week, ouch. Next week, while I'm after I'm getting interrupted by this cat over here. So next week, I think I will look at Nathan. Uh, I think I look at Nathan and dating while dealing with bipolar disorder. I don't know if I talked about that before. I know I talked about dating with depression, but we'll look at dating and managing friendships. And relationships while managing bipolar disorder next week with uh with Nathan. All right. So thank you all guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Captain's Couch. Um, leave a five star review. Remember, if you listen to Spotify, I'm not exactly sure where you can find it, but 
I will leave a question each week for the the episode. So if you listen on Spotify, you can listen to the episode and reply to the the question that is connected to the episode. Um, please don't be so. Please do so if you can. Also, leave five star ratings on Spotify for the podcast as well. Of course, you can still leave five star reviews and ratings on Apple iTunes. Um, do that on the purple icon hit hit that up for your boy it's been a good minute since i've gotten a five-star review and i know i haven't recorded that often as of late but please be sure to drop me a five-star review for the podcast all right thank you guys so much i appreciate y'all so check it out check your boy out everywhere that you can find podcasts and remember the bucks are still in contention to repeat as champs we'll play the eagles this sunday at raymond james one o'clock So be there, be square. Thank you guys so much for listening. May the force be with you. Peace. Congregation, would you turn your text to the book about cast? Chapter 2, verse 1. The first one to feel me. Jump up and make a joyful noise. Use our cast it. Meaning, now you have a choice like that.